Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today is rather lengthy. It's going to be John chapter 6, verses 29 through 51. And it's lengthy because we need to get to the entire argument that's going on here. We're going to get some questions from a crowd of people that followed Jesus. You're going to get Jesus' response. And you're going to get people that will not react so well to the response that Jesus gets. And you're going to get some folks that are really just kind of off-put because of this local boy who is saying the things he's saying. I mean, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, who's from Nazareth? He's a local guy. So they're going to be put off a little bit to what Jesus is saying because they really don't know or they're ignorant to his real origin. We know as the readers of the Gospel of John that Jesus comes from above. He comes from eternity. He's always been. He feeds a really big multitude of people, and then there are a lot of fragments of food left over, so much for that they fill, so much they fill up 12 baskets full of fragments and leftovers. People see this great miracle, and they know there's something special about Jesus, but they're not ready for what Jesus has to tell them. So let's get to our reading. It's going to be lengthy, but if you'll follow along, you will be blessed by this teaching. So this is uh, John 6, starting at verse 29. We're going to go all the way down through verse 51. Jesus answered them, This is the work of God that you believe in him who has, whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. I'm going to pause right there and just point out some things as we go along. First of all, the question was asked back in verse 29 and 28. What is the work of God? I mean, what do we need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, the work of God is you need to believe in me, believe in the one he has sent, who is Jesus. Then they say, well, what sign do you provide for verification? He just multiplied five loaves and two fish to feed 5,000 men and women and children too. So I don't know what else they're they're wanting, Uh, but they're asking for another sign from him. And then Jesus has to correct some of their biblical interpretation. In verse 31, they say, Our fathers ate men in the wilderness. Uh, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So this bread comes from heaven. If you remember in the Exodus story, God gave them supernatural food to eat. They would collect it off the ground in the morning. They would have just enough for that day in particular. If they collected too much, it would spoil. Uh, In the intertestament period, this manna was known as angel food, that this was the food of angels, so to speak. So there's this tradition that had built up that this food somehow was supernatural, that it imparted uh, some type of supernatural blessing. So there was this belief going on in the mind of some people. But Jesus has to correct them because they say that Moses was the one that gave them this food in the wilderness. And Jesus says, it's not Moses that gave it to you. It's God that gave it to you. It's my father who gave you this bread. And then Jesus says, there is a bread that, that comes down from heaven, and it comes to give life to the world. And they say, sir, give us this bread. This sounds a lot like the woman at the well. Remember, Jesus says there's some water he could give 
but if you drink from it, you'll never thirst. And that woman, uh, the Samaritan woman says, Lord, give me this water. I want this water where I never have to thirst again. So Jesus is saying, there's a, a, a food or a bread that comes from heaven that gives life to the world. They want this bread. So Jesus is going to explain to them a little bit more about what this bread is. So let's continue in the reading, verse 35. Then Jesus said to him, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said that to you, or I said to you that, you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So this is interesting stuff. Jesus is saying that he is really the bread that comes from heaven, the one that comes down. He's the one that has the power to give eternal life. That if you put your faith and trust in him, then he will raise you up on the last day. Now, this is an audacious claim. This is also one of the seven I am statements of John's gospel. In John's gospel, we're going to see Jesus say different things like, I am the vine. And here he says, I am the bread of, of life. He'll say in another place, I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. So these I am statements are really important in John's gospel. We shouldn't be shocked. There's seven of them. But he says, I am the bread of life. I am the one that comes down. I'm the one that if you feed off of me, you will have eternal life. So this is an audacious claim. People that say, Jesus never claimed to be God in the Gospels. They're not reading very closely because he's saying it right and left in his own way. Now let's move down to verse 41. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me lest the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the man in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. So Jesus is, is laying some thick teaching out here for us. And we see that they are saying, hey, this is the guy. He's from Nazareth. We know his dad. How can he say he's come down from heaven? And like I've said earlier, we know where he really came from. Notice their grumbling. What does that remind you of? I mean, you're thinking... Okay, we're talking about manna and bread that comes from heaven and grumbling and complaining. Remember the Israelites complained and murmured in the wilderness. God cursed them for that. He judged them. So once again, we have people grumbling and complaining. And this is something that, that God frowns upon. But there's a connection here to the Exodus story. In the book of Exodus, we have the manna and we also have the grumbling and complaining. And you find it here in John's gospel. But there is something interesting. Jesus says, that unless the Father draws people, they will not come to him. Now, some would look at this and go, now, does this mean you know, that God somehow only draws certain people? Like he's got a pre-selected few. 
This is where we got to let the Bible really interpret itself. When you look later in John chapter 12, we're told that it's going to be the cross of Jesus Christ. In the cross, the gospel will draw people. So when you read John 12, you'll see that, that it's the cross, it's the gospel. When it's proclaimed, that's what draws people to Jesus Christ. The power of the gospel is the power to bring people uh, to belief in Christ. Now, I want you to think about this idea of eating Jesus, you know, eating the bread of life that comes. Now, some people would say, well, this is connected in some way to the Lord's Supper. This is transubstantiation. And there's some people that, that make the claim that this has some connection to the Lord's Supper. And I will not deny that there may be some resonances with the Lord's Supper because Jesus says in the Lord's Supper, take, eat, this is my body. You know, this is the new covenant, my blood, when he talks about the cup. And so John may have some sacramental resonances here that are going on, possibly, because John never really talks about the Last Supper in John's Gospel. So some people say, well, John's baptism passage is John chapter 3, where he talks about being born of water and the Spirit, and John's Eucharistic or Lord's Supper passage would be John 6. There may be truth to that. But the deeper meaning of this we really need to latch on to is when we eat physical food, we eat physical bread and, and drink physical water, those elements are transformed into our body. Our body transforms that food we eat into the atoms that make up our body. But when we commune with Jesus Christ through prayer and Bible study and, and, and all the, the means of grace that God gives us, when we truly commune with him, and the Lord's Supper is, is one of those means in which we commune with Christ. Let's be honest about that. Uh, corporate worship is a way we commune with Christ. There's all kinds of means God gives us to commune with Christ. When we commune with Christ and we feed on him spiritually, now here's, here's why this is so radically different. We become like Jesus. You see how that works? When we eat physical food, we take the physical elements into our body and we transform that into ourselves. But when we feed on Christ and commune, commune with him spiritually, we are changed into him. He changes us into him. Now, I get excited thinking about that. I hope you do too. This is, this is really a meaty uh, teaching here that Jesus is giving us. This is deep spiritual truth if you're willing to listen to it. And I pray you're making yourself available to those moments of communion with Jesus. I hope you're making yourself available to times of prayer and Bible studying, deep devotion, times of communing at God's table with his people, times of corporate worship, of singing song and, and being hearing God's word opened up to you, uh, fellowshipping with other Christians, doing works of service and almsgiving and giving of your means. All of those are ways God communes with you. And as you do these things, as you make yourself available to them, Christ is transforming you into him. You're becoming into the image of Christ. It's a beautiful teaching. So I hope this passage is edified you and built you up today. It's so gigantic, we're not going to read it again. But just realize Jesus is the bread of life. He is the bread of life that comes from heaven. We are to feed on him in a spiritual sense and be transformed into him more and more every day. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. And I would love to see you back on Monday and we kick back off with our next set of podcasts. God bless.